Hello and welcome everybody to episode number seven of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related with a focus on competitive magic with some friendly banter along the way. Today, I have fellow co-hosts Brandon Smith and Cameron Spanier. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get right into it. So RCC and Diego coming up. It's like two days away. How are we feeling? Uh, I mean, I guess as confident as it can be. I don't really have anything else to say, I guess. I'm ready. Uh, you excited? I'm ready, you to, excited? I'm ready to squat up. I'm ready to uh, get there. I'm ready for a vacation. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I just like got off of a working like eight days straight and like traveling to Atlanta and like all this other crap. So I'm just like kind of burnt out on traveling, but I know I have to do it anyways. Uh, and this is way different than traveling for work. So. All right. This is uh this is going to be a fun one. I hope <clears throat> it was super cheap for me. I got a bunch. <laughs> I got to hang on a bunch of family. Uh, rewards. Flyer miles. Frequent flyer miles, $50 for two round trip first class tickets. Man, must be nice. Must and be nice, 100 dude. bucks for the two bedroom, two bath condo. Most nice. miles from the venue. Yeah, Loki, yeah. that was clutch, though. I think that's the most clutch thing. So we get the crash dude, with you. It's like, I saw where. Uh, this means I'm I, not paying for an Uber. I mean. I mean, I mean, <laughs> we split Ubers, dog. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, no, nah, the uh, I saw where uh, Tanner was staying. He sent it to me the other day, mm-hmm. and he's like a block from the venue. Damn. Yeah, yeah he's Sick. like literally like a block and a half from the venue. Bro, the tournament starts at eight o'clock. Tanner's gonna be getting up at seven. 69. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been getting up at like, yeah, he's gonna be like walking in as the first round starting. Basically. Like no player meeting, no nothing. Just like oh, I'm good. Um, he needs a player. Yeah, no, but I think overall I'm super excited just to hang out with everybody. I know there's gonna be a lot of people that I have not seen in a long time from playing Magic, uh, and. A lot of them live on the West Coast, so they're going to be there. And I get to see all those guys. A few guys from Texas that I haven't seen in forever either. They didn't go to Atlanta. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see all those guys and sling some cardboard. That's what's I'm excited too, man. I'm hyped. So uh, let's go over the recent standard results uh, for the RC that just happened. Yeah, was so, it the South America one? The South American one. South okay. America Magic Series RC. So first place was uh, Domain Control. Pretty surprising uh, first place there. I haven't really seen that deck show up like at all. Since really it won that. the other RC. Yeah, since it won the other RC. I feel like that deck just shows up, wins, and then leaves. That's it. <laughs> no elaboration. Exits out the back door. <laughs> yeah, just walks out. See you later. Dude, I think this is what you should have played, Vega. The domain control? Yeah, it's right up your alley. Oh, it is, man. It's just... I don't, don't know. make I me audible last of... minute. I think, the, I think the deck has a lot of weak spots, though. 
It is. It's it's like, very slow. Like if you fall back on tempo, <laughs> you're kind of screwed. I also like not a huge fan of the mana base. Like yeah. having what twelve tapped lands, like tw- like one hundred, like they're ninety nine, or they're actually one hundred percent of the time tapped lands. Excuse me. Yeah, I was about to say ninety nine percent, but they're one hundred percent of the time tapped lands. So like yeah. in a format like where everything's going fast, like. Like, if Grixis curves out, if Rakdos curves out, if Mono Red curves out, if Esper Legends curves out, all these decks, they can just, like, roll you, and you don't even have a stand, uh, you don't stand a chance at all. So Yeah, you kind of need to have, like, the perfect hand where your laydown arms and uh, laydown bindings carry through the early game, where you can kind of just be stabilized the whole time, and then you can start casting depopulates and stuff. Yeah, and you just, like, herd have migration. to, like, kind of ride the back of her migration, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, the deck's really good. Uh, I just... It's not my style. I mean, I'm sure it's not a bad deck. Yeah. My concern is just... Oh. It being clunky. It's really it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see the clunkiness. I mean, in that same vein, though, I mean, I feel like... It is kind of cool that you can, like, just pick up a deck like that and just, like, run through a tournament. Sanders pretty healthy right now, man. You can win with anything. Yeah, I know. It's just great. You do, but... I mean, let's look at the top eight. I mean, domain control one, like you said. All the top eight ducks were different, except for mono white. There were two copies of mono white and two copies of toxic. So, so what was the top eight, one through eight? Uh, first place was domain. Second was mono white. Third was toxic. Fourth was Esper. Fifth was mono white. Sixth was toxic. Seven was Rakdos midrange. And then eighth was Boros midrange. Oh, I saw that deck list. It's just mono white, green, flashing red for uh, Babel. Yeah, yeah. That was actually kind of cool. I saw that. That was cool. Um, so basically, three copies of mono white. Yep. Yeah. Two copies of toxic, and then a Rakdos and Esper in a domain. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where was the next Grixis? Uh, Looks like there was two Grixis decks in the top sixteen. Yes. Yep. Eleventh and sixteenth. But it was also 18% of the meta. Tied with Rakdos. Ooh, this list is playing a Tenacious Underdog. I haven't seen that card in a while. Tenacious Underdog. Heck yeah. That card seems terrible right now. Pretty bad, I think. Corpse Appraiser and Graveyard Trespasser. Yeah. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) No, on top of that, like Laydown Arms and all the Mono White decks... Ossifications. Yeah, like... <laughs> I don't know. I, I just couldn't see myself playing that at all. There's just too much graveyard to hate right now with all the Atraxa decks. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um. I mean, the, the meta looks kind of diverse for the most part, but... Actually, I lied. It doesn't look diverse at all when you look at the actual grand scheme of the whole thing. I mean, a sixteen twenty six, only six percent, thirty forty two. A lot of Rakdos. Over fifty. So, like, I think that the Rakdos thing is everyone reacting to the fact that Esper was like running the Alaska Barsies because Rakdos has a much better matchup than Grixis against against Esper. And it's because they just they they basically max out on more removal spells, I believe. 
So they just give them. Yeah. They, they, I think they play four graveyard trespassers, most of them. Yeah. So they're just like, all like, in on the the plan of like deal with your opponent's boards and, and to me, try. It, it just seems like they're folding like the quote unquote mirror match. Like they're playing Rakdos, but I think they're losing points against Grixis. Like not, I'm not saying it's like a large margin or anything, but I think the match is probably close to fifty fifty. But I think Grixis might be favored. So yeah, I, 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 I think it's only because of Corpse Appraiser because the car, the the, yeah. the value you get off Corpse Appraiser. Yep. Which Rakdos doesn't have access to. The I don't know. I I just from playing Grixis a lot recently, like I just I am a fan of Graveyard Trespasser, but I'm way more of a fan of Corpse Appraiser just because of the value you get out of it. Yeah, have you ever copied it with Fable? Yes. It's fucked up. I've copied it, it twice really on the same turn. It was gravy. It was really good. Cheat nah. Not, not two different Fables, sir. Not the same one. <laughs> <laughs> two different Fables. I'm capping. <laughs> yeah. the... I untapped it without my opponent knowing on Arena. He synced it. Stuffy Baka. Um, yeah, no, it was... I don't know, I... I just think that the meta... There's so much Rakdos, man. It's a lot of Rakdos, a lot of Grixis, and a lot of Mono White. Yeah. Like, that is... That was the majority of that meta at that San Diego RC, so... Mm-hmm. Are you, oh, you say South right. American RC? Sorry, South America. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I can't get Diego. San Diego off my mind, dude. <laughs> I'm so ready. Yeah, dude. I uh, I'm interested to see what everyone thinks. Like, cause t- I think typically the American events, there's a. I mean, obviously the the sample size is way bigger. There's 1,400 people, so there's going to probably be more like more on the side of 1,300 plus people in this tournament. I don't know now, that everybody shows up to San Diego. Yeah, I doubt it. Well, fourteen hundred people qualified, so if... I still don't think it. Were, I, th- I think we're gonna get like close to seven hundred, eight hundred. I think it's gonna be more. Than, I think it's gonna be north of a thousand. I think it's you gonna be north be right. of a thousand, and then you're gonna add probably another thirty to forty people the day before from la- last chance qualifiers. So like, you mean I think... you and twenty nine more? Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, um, dude, I don't know. It's San Diego. And I know a lot of people that qualified just aren't going because it is in San Diego, and they like they swap their invite for Dallas. Yeah, so that's my that's why. Yeah, I think but it doesn't. Be like, it, but that doesn't take away from the San Diego like on melee. Like melee has fourteen hundred people signed up, like already in the system. So if there's no yeah, shot, if you if you go on MTG melee right now. It, you can go on there, look up the San Diego RC, and there was 1,400 people there, like, a week ago. What the hell? Hold on. Tournaments. And you have to, like, join and, you know, it's like X out of 1,400. DreamHack San Diego Friday on demand, Friday on demand. Should be main event, event Saturday, I think. Friday, 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 Friday. Um, Saturday. But yeah, I know. The, uh, There's 709 players. Out of 1,400? Is that what it says? Yeah, out of 1,400. The event caps yeah, at believe... 1,400. All those events cap at 1,400. 
Mm, got you. All of them do? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just mistaken. I'm just crazy for thinking that. There's 700-something players already. It's still pretty good. I mean, have you have you guys, like, confirmed? No. Me? No, I still haven't. No. I probably yeah, should okay. go ahead and do that, though. So I, I guarantee you that there's at least 100 to 200 people that haven't confirmed yet. Probably, yeah. yeah. A lot of people wait till last minute so they can fix up their I mean, deck you, list. I'm pretty sure it's open deck list again, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you should be able to just look at everybody's deck list right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I don't think not you can. Not quite, not quite, not quite. That'd be cool. Then there would be incentive to wait until the last minute for sure. Oh yeah, I would just submit um, it at like like two seconds before it was like <laughs> just hope to God that it actually works. Yeah, it's open deck list. All players will be given a copy of their own deck list. Blah blah blah. Same shit. Nothing. Yeah. So speaking of the open deck list thing, let's let's I I think we should briefly talk about it. So I was looking on Twitter, right? Yeah. And I saw Sam Black's comment on the open deck list idea. And I think his idea is actually good, and a lot of people were saying that it was a terrible idea, but I think it's actually good. The open decklist idea is he said that basically everyone should get a copy of the land base. Not the actual cards in the deck, but just the land base. Because you can make assumptions based off of the land base, but you can't know if they're playing like secret sideboard tech or this or that, you know what I'm saying? Like it takes the element of surprise and the element of deck building and like the special, like the special like ability to create a sideboard plan that kind of warps for the tournament, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if for instance, like if someone were to be playing, um, if someone were to be playing Grixis and they're like just playing for cruelty of Gix in their sideboard, right? Like if it's a known, if you, have everybody look at your deck list whenever you play against them. They're going to know that you're going to bring in, you know, cruelty of kicks in a, in a certain matchup. Like, and that sucks. Like for the deck building issues, you know, if you want to try and like Kurt, get in there and I guess I'm trying to word it correctly, but if you want to try and get a leg creativity. up. Yeah. It, it, like, yeah. It kills there's the no point in being creative. Card. There's a point in you like finding some sweet tech card that will blow out your opponent like crazy. Because they'll just see it. Like, they'll be like, oh, wow, you're playing this in the sideboard? Okay, I'll make sure to play around it. Yeah, so I think that Sam was onto something when he said it. Um, Other people were just like, we just needed to stop doing open deck lists completely. I agree. I think they should just get rid of open deck lists, and they should just tell your opponent the factual name of your deck. Your opponent is playing Grixis midrange, and you are playing uh, the Mono White. That's it. I mean, that, that would also probably That's work. it. That would fix it. Because what's the point the of looking re- at the, the land base, too? The reason I kind too, of like... agree with his is because... I mean, well, the thing is, is that the land base, if you just show somebody your land base, any good player or decently good player is going to know what you're playing based off your lands. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it was a good idea. But... They should just tell you the colors. Hey, they're black, red, blue... Okay, well, my opponent's yeah. playing Or they just do away with it completely, because that's how GPs used to be, and... People did yeah. fine. People, yeah, people loved it. I don't know, open because deck was you suck. have people come out of nowhere and, like, basically create a deck that no one's ever seen and win a tournament, or spike a tournament or something. I don't know, I just hate the fact that open deck lists... I don't know, I feel like it just... 
it ruins like it, it's it's a double-edged sword right because you sit down across your opponent and you have a decent hand and you're like wow this hand's good but it's not good against mono white guess i gotta ship it and it's like like sure like okay like whatever like you you both get the same advantage but it punishes I feel like it punishes certain strategies more than others I mean, uh, is there an argument to say that you're gaining advantage by knowing your opponent's deck? Like, yeah, no, you both are. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you both are. Yeah, but, but it, it, it's also detrimental in a way. At least sure, I feel it's detrimental. I I also think there's something about it psychologically where you sit down across from like a bad matchup and you automatically assume like, oh well, this matchup is basically unwinnable, so I'm not expecting to win. You know. But yeah, yeah. Or I think you see like, like a... or you see like one card that could blow you out, like a farewell in the main, and you're playing around the farewell the whole fucking game because you don't want to get hit by that one farewell. It's like, I don't know. There's just something about open decklist that I just I don't know. Could just be me being open a little decklist is cringe. It, it could just yeah. I I totally agree. I don't know if it's me being a little bitch or what. I just I hate open decklist. I don't like it. I also do. It's just, it's not good for the players. Like, I don't know. People are saying that open deck lists are good for players, but bad for people that watch the stream. But isn't it the opposite? Wouldn't it be reversed? Bad for people that watch the stream? What do you mean? Yeah, like it's an open deck list tournament, so it's bad for the people watching the stream. But why? Because it, it, again, there's no, there's there's not going to be any of those sweet moments, you know, like oh, this dude's bringing in this sweet tech cyborg card, and we're going to watch him get blown up by it on stream, like on camera, because the opponent's always going to play around it. It just kind of makes it, I don't know. That's just what I read on Twitter, but old Twitter sphere, dude. You know, if it's on Twitter, it's one hundred percent true. Just let so you guys know. Exactly. Facts. It is fact. Mm. I don't know. I, I fucking hate open deck lists. I'm sorry. I just I cannot get over that fact. I really can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either. But it's the world we live in, unfortunately. Like, you just gotta make your deck as streamlined as possible so that your opponent can't play around anything. And you just play the best cards in your deck and you just don't. Yeah, I mean, I think that all... Uh, again, it, do, it doesn't give the incentive to people to try and create a new deck in a format no like if you're going to a big tournament like this for instance i know we were working a lot on that just guy mind splice deck if we bring if you if we would have brought just guy mind splice to this tournament and like all of us would have played it every single opponent that we sit across from would be like well i have two braids in the main or whatever i'm holding up the whole game because their whole deck is based off of one artifact yep. and it's like you know, like your element of surprise is completely gone. Whereas they might have pitched it to a fable if they didn't know you were playing just that mind splice. You know, yeah. or, or they would have bought it. Token. Yeah, and it's like, just like it sucks because you can't you can't do certain things to like break a format or like try and get an edge. So I don't know. It's 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 a it's a touchy subject. I I hope they do away with it. I don't know if they will, but um, you know, it is what it is. I hope so. 
Speaking of open deck lists, what are you guys uh, expecting the meta to be like at San Diego now that we're like two days away? Uh, yeah, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot of mono white because I think that that deck has a good Esper matchup. Uh, and then I think there's going to be a lot of Grixis slash Rakdos because it's just the most popular deck. People just play the best deck sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> be money. I mean... Yeah, I, okay, so... If you want to give yourself the best edge, why would you not play the best decks? Exactly. I mean... I've heard people say this before. They're like, oh, you're such, you always play the number one deck. Oh, you always play the best deck in the format. It's like, yeah. Why wouldn't you? It doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's going to be a lot of Mono White, a lot of Esper, a lot of Grixis, and a lot of Rakdos. So that's what I'm preparing for. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel the same. What but do you think it's gonna be? I think it's gonna be mostly Esper. I think Cap. the tournament is gonna be. I think. I think the the majority of the decks that are gonna be played are Esper. Yeah. And I think they're. Yeah. I, I. All right. Well, coming from the metagame guru here. Okay. Oh, who gave you that uh, title? <laughs> myself. <laughs> myself. I gave it to myself. Um, you deserve it. I mean, I'm probably pretty okay at calling metagames, but you are. You are. The. Uh, I just can't play in them. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I think that there's going to be a lot of Esper because of the fact that it's been a, really popular, and I think it's the most consistently good deck across the board. That's Grixis, dog. I, I But here's the thing. like Grixis is now losing to two matchups, whereas before Grixis was like, getting like not losing to two matchups in that sense like consistently it har- basically hard loses the mono white it, it's not a good matchup at all and esper is also not a good matchup at all that's why all these grixis decks are starting to play more removal spells because they can't deal with the esper matchup but so on the same the other side of that same coin wouldn't they be gaining a matchup too though with the rakdos deck starting to exist i mean i don't think that matchup's necessarily good like i i, I because they play, they typically play a max out four duresses between the main and the side. Most of them are playing at least three in the main, which you get your invokes ripped, you get your fables ripped, you get your removal spells ripped, and they just do the thing. Also, they're playing Graveyard Trespasser, which is really good against Grixis. Are we talking about the reanimated version of Rakdos or just straight Rakdos? No, we're talking about Rakdos Agra. Okay. Like Rakdos Midrange. Okay. Yeah, the, the most popular deck from the last, from the South American RC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 Rakdos deck is like I said in response to Esper being so popular. So I don't know. We'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. But I, I do think that Esper is going to be the number one like most represented deck. Well, I hope you're wrong. Uh, I hope I'm wrong too. So I don't want to get versus. hated out. I mean, you won't get necessarily hated out. You're just playing a lot of mirrors. Yeah, you like that matchup. Uh, I do like the matchup. The marriage fun. I don't want that to be the matchup. That's a bad matchup for me. I would like the lots of Grixis, lots of Rakdos, please. 
I also think it's pretty crazy that there is two toxic decks in the top eight of that tournament of the the RC when the two most represented decks were Rakdos and Grixis. I think that's like super crazy. I mean, Toxic really doesn't struggle against Grixis. Yeah, typically not. They they're just kind go of wide. They're, they're kind of even. If not, I think they're even favored. I, I, I don't know. It depends on I the Brotherhood's ends. Yeah. If the Brotherhood's ends just hit too hard, then there's like no coming back because they. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they just like have it on three, and you didn't play a contaminator, so you're dead. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of feeling now that we've moved closer to the tournament. I think that like the reanimator decks might be a better call for this tournament. I hope so. I play Denik in the main. I want everybody to play reanimator decks. Mm-hmm. Let me cast my Thalios and my Denics. Let me get in. You look like a Denik dog. Yeah, but with the regular, like the reanimator deck starting to play more at at Sushi the Blazing Sky, it allows them to cast their shoulder like or their uh, Traxa like oh, way yeah. sooner. Like on the yeah, like literally the turn after it does. It's like it gives you an angle to basically kill your own at Sushi, whether you're go for the throating it or um, whatever you choose to do. Uh, but also just creating three treasure tokens and casting your tracks for the following turns is really good. It it basically ramps you <laughs> by putting three lands in play, which is super good. So I don't know. Reanimator might be the play this weekend. I'm I'm I don't think they have a terrible Esper matchup, but I don't know. You've played the matchup probably more than me, so uh it depends how, how removal heavy their hand is. That's what every matchup comes down to, but I feel like Esper has the best matchup spread in the format. It is like even your bad matchups, you're like you're the one on like the forty seven percent side. Like mm-hmm. so, it's it's not like it's unwinnable. It's just yeah. But that's I what that. I enjoy about us for the most. It's just that it's <laughs> it's just so well rounded against everything. No matchup feels like oh I can't win this matchup. I got you. Except the domain that's decks, all. like those domain decks, those feel bad. Like that is the only matchup I can safely say it, it does feel like a really bad matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I, I there could be a fair share of like cheap decks too there, like. I mean, I know there was a decent amount of mono. There was six percent was mono red at that tournament, but also the sample size is not that big. It's only mm-hmm. one hundred thirty players. There was only eight people playing mono red. Yes, yeah. I think it's. But so I've heard that the access to certain cards is way different in the other regions. So I was. I actually went to so the last RCQ that I went to. Right, I played against this guy that was from Germany. And he was only here because his wife was here for work. And he was just coming over and he played Magic and stuff. And he told me that he was asking how much we paid for Shieldreds over here. And I was like, Shieldreds are like $72 or something like that, $70. He was like, oh, well, in Europe, Shieldreds are only 30 And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I can go to my local game store and get Shieldreds for 30 bucks." I was like, whoa. Like, that's crazy, you know? But... He was also telling me that like different cards are different prices. Like Atraxas aren't nearly as expensive over there. He said he can get Atraxas for like ten to fifteen bucks, whereas we pay twenty five plus over here. So, Jeez. I mean, it's just a different market in a different area. So I don't know that we can necessarily look at these results and kind of base what America has. 
off of it, you know? Um, especially with the sheer amount of people that buy and sell cards in America. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that price is necessarily an issue for this event for most players. I think that uh, the prior RCs have really shown that. Or, or like, uh, not RCs, like other standard events. Uh, like the, about in America as opposed to everywhere else. I don't think for America there's going to be any shred of money, you know, their money restriction to play, you know, the best decks in the format. Whereas I right. think in other regions there might be a restriction in that sense. That's fair, but I, it that. can also just be the people that just don't care as much and they're just kind of going to go. Mm -hmm. So they'll just build whatever deck and jam it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of notable people in that that last RC too. I mean, Luis Salvato was in it. He finished uh, 41st, so that's Pro Tour right there. Um, you had Martin, out of how many Martin players? Dominguez. 138. Yeah. God, dude, those events just seem way smaller compared to like the American ones. Yeah, Martin Dominguez, 14th. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Luis Gutierrez has been. Uh, he's played a lot of standard, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of like well-known, or at least I say well-known, at least a decent amount of known players um, that that finished in that that tournament pretty well. What did Luis Salvato play? He played Reckless Reanimator. Yeah. Same with uh, same with Martin Dominguez. They both wanted to play Reanimator. Hmm. Crazy. That's they might crazy. be on to something, boys. No, but yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it's harder to base like to base, I guess, our thoughts on results when it's only 138 people. It's like I get it. It was probably a stacked tournament, anyways. It's just the fact that. Comparatively, like all these events out of the United States, they're much smaller. Yeah, I'm not basing my thinking off of this. I'm just trying to understand why the tournament was the way it was. No, yeah, you no, know? I totally get that. It's just like, damn, like the American one, the Atlanta one was how many people? Like 900? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's almost 10x. Yeah. 10x the amount yep. of players. But, I mean, that could also mean that the American ones have softer tournaments. But you got also got to think about that. Everybody that's there, they qualified for the event. Mm -hmm. So they have yeah. some idea on how to play Magic. Some oh, idea. Oh, wow. <laughs> they could have had some of them, like, 10-person RCQs. That's fair. That's I mean, there was fair. a lot of situations where that that was the case, but I, I've I've been seeing that less and less the more RCQs I play in. Like, just the sheer amount of people that actually want to go to these things now, especially for this most recent season for Dallas. There's been a yeah. lot more people that are like, "We're playing it," like, you know. And I think it's because we're in the South, we're kind of closer to Dallas, so I, I guess a lot yeah. of yeah. people it's definitely just... a location thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do expect there to still to be a lot of people at the San Diego one. I I know that if it was like in LA, it'd be way different, but 
it's just it would be way easier access airport wise and the flights would be cheaper usually um i, I know that. that flying into san diego is not as cheap as it is flying into atlanta for instance like atlanta's a hub so yeah I, I, i'm expecting a lot of people but I, like i said i'm good to see, i'm going to be able to see a lot of people that normally wouldn't see so that's gonna be cool that's gonna be real that's yeah, gonna be dope it's gonna be a fun time i mean worst case i mean well, I'm not going to speak the worst case into existence. I'm going to knock on wood and keep my mouth shut because we're showing up and hopefully we win the event. I don't know. I've been I've been grinding a lot of Esper. I'm super excited. I'm comfortable with my deck choice. The only thing I'm really not sure of is the sideboard and, you know, like, I guess bringing in certain cards in certain matchups. But aside from that, when it comes to actually piloting the deck, I, I'm feeling pretty good. How do you guys feel about your your decks? Uh, I normally don't do this, but I'm actually going to make a sideboard guide for myself. Good idea. I respect uh, it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling all right. I'm. I got the. I got the sideboard guide printed out for my deck list from Sodeck. I've read. I read all of his primer and everything. Print out of the sideboard guide, and I've got some games in on it. I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm ready. I'm good. Nice. Yeah. I uh, I definitely probably didn't play as much as I should have. Not too but... late. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think that the break helped me a lot. I think when after I play a lot of Magic like consistently, like all the time, I find myself creating really bad habits and i think taking a break before a large tournament like this is good for me because i kind of break those habits yeah you stop going into doing certain things you stop going into autopilot yeah often yeah i start thinking about my plays a lot more i start thinking about the consequences of my plays a lot more um stuff like that so which is always right. good that is always good Cameron, what so, about you? Uh, how many games do you think you've played with Mono Red? Uh, with this list, I think I've gotten probably like twenty games in. I think I'm uh, 20? fourteen and six. I know it's not a lot, but I think I feel like you played more than that. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. just with this list, I've played probably closer to sixty games with Mono Red in general. I have like a sixty-four percent win record. That's pretty good. Nice. Is there a matchup that you think is like bad for you? Esper. Mm. Esper is not good. I would yeah. like to not see any Esper. That'd be I would dope. like to play against a lot of Grixis. I think the Grixis matchup is super good for me. Uh, Dang. Especially game one. Yeah. Because I can usually just get under enough to where my Furnace Punishers and Raijus can just give me the last little bit of damage I need. Mm -hmm. So, comparatively to other Mono Red decks in the past, do you think this deck is better or worse? Uh, going back to the good days of Magic, where Ball Sly existed... Okay, well, of course. That version was awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, compared to the last time I put a Mono Red deck together for Standard for a big event, this deck's way better. 
Okay. Because the last time I had it built was the uh, the version that pretty much turned to the Pioneer version, like the the Wizard standard deck, and I think that deck was really bad. I think that deck sucked a lot. Of oh, it's like get two Lava Runners and stuff? Yeah. Mm. I feel like that version relied way too much on, like, shitty variants. Mm. Because you had to have both the spells that were good with your Wizards and the Wizards. Yeah. You put a lot of them, though, didn't you? I don't know. Um, is there a, ever a scenario where you swap decks before the tournament? Either of you? Not no? Set the fly. I have green-white together, uh, like the Toxic deck. I think it's pretty good, too. Uh, I don't know if I want to swap. I'm pretty locked in on my red with the... Because that, that big-ass guy that I have. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I, I don't know. That. I don't know what it would take. I, I think it would take for me to have this like third eye epiphany, waking up in cold sweats, like but not a fly <laughs> out to San Diego where this magic entity was like, "Do not play Esper, play this instead." Yeah. And they showed me like definite proof. That it would give me like a rivers. divine intervention. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like the Sphinx's revelation. This. Ah uh, yes. Family <laughs> <laughs> just floats down. Yeah, exactly. That'd be like. That'd be the only way. I just. I have too many games on Esper. Way too many. That's fair. Like. So I, I just think I need to stick with what I know best. Did you correct? Okay, so I know last time when you, I think we talked about this in a different episode, but whenever we prepared for the Atlanta RC, mm-hmm. there you said that you played a lot of mono green without actually playing mono green. Yes. Did you change that this time around, or yes. did you do the same thing over again? No, like if I sat down to play Magic, I sat down to play Magic and pay attention. It wasn't like yeah. when I had mono green where I would just. Queue up for a league, have YouTube videos playing, and then just kind of, oh, it's my turn, play my spells, go, and then go back to doing whatever I was doing. Um, anytime I loaded up, I sat down, like, from the get-go, it's like, okay, this hand, what does it do? Okay, do we keep this in most matchups? Probably. Okay, this hand's solid, keep it. Um, and kind of sequence a few turns before I decide to keep her mulligan. Um... And just things of that nature. And anytime I made a play, I'd be like, well, you know, how am I going to get punished here? How can I punish my opponent in a, like, more optimal way? I went I went pretty deep this time around. And I think, I think it paid off, um, especially with a deck like Esper, where it has so many lines. Like, sometimes you have to attack before, um, you know, casting a spell during your main phase. If you have Rafine and they have, like, two really good blockers or just anything like that, you know, sometimes you go for the line of, well, I'm going to try to draw X card so I can maybe hit an Ajango or an Odawara, or maybe I'll hit an Urtai. And if I don't hit the card that I need, then I still have Plaza up. So if they go for like a block and a trade, then I can just sacrifice Plaza, get the trade that way. Um, there's just a lot of really cool lines with the deck um, that, that I really enjoy. And learning the deck's been been a blast. We want to apologize a little bit here. Um, we did lose uh, Brandon to some technical difficulties, uh, but he will be 
uh, at our in live San Diego episode. So we do want to apologize about that again. And yeah, it's just me and Cameron and we're going to finish this one out. So Cameron, how do you think uh, Yo. this stream hacks going to be executed as a whole? It, like in comparison to like the one in Atlanta, uh, how do you think it's going to go? I think it's going to be much better than the one in Atlanta. I think they're going to hopefully get more judges. They probably need two or three times the amount of judges. Uh, and, but on top of the judging, the thing I hope for most that I really hope they don't do again is at the end, of, like halfway through day two, they locked us in a little cube room and said, if you leave this room, you don't get to come back in. And that sucked. That was we were stuck in one little room. And there was like a 30 minute warning too. It wasn't even like, hey, go ahead, go out, do what you need to. It was just in 30 minutes, if you leave this room, you don't get to come back. Yep. All right. Y'all have fun. Yeah, it's basically like uh they they're they're basically telling you, you know, either stay in here with your friends or get out and don't see them till they're done playing. It's like why? Like, I don't know. Like, I get it, but it's also their fault, because they ran that day two event, that 20k, that I fucking bubbled. I'll never live that down, dude. How does 7-2-1 oh, bubble? 33rd. How does 7-2-1 bubble? Like, oh, that's so brutal, but anyways. Um, I don't know, like, they also cut that tournament around short, which ended up screwing a ton of people. And then they also have the audacity to tell you, hey, no, you guys can't. If you leave, you can't come back in. It's like, I, I hope nothing like that happens again. I agree with you. Because uh, that was that was just ran poorly. And then the day one event didn't fire till like an hour. Like, like the players meeting was like 30 minutes long. And that's, I think that's wow. me being generous. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I really, it was I, brutal. I, I, I hope, I hope they keep their promise and they, they get more judges in. And I'm glad they listened to us and they, uh, they're starting the event earlier and they're doing one less round, um, the first day. So I, I think that's a good, that's a good change. I would have liked it to stay with ten rounds day one. Uh, I don't get a lot of a tournament fatigue, and I'm playing an aggro deck, so it only gets better for me as the day goes on. That is true. You just... But nine rounds is better overall. I mean, if I day two, people get sluggish later on in the day. That is true. And we get to bounce earlier and go get some cool food in San Diego, dude. Go enjoy it for a little bit. That's true. We will get more time to, to just... Vacation. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, these events, to me, they don't feel like a vacation. Like, yeah, I have, like, you know, Monday and Friday off of work. But, man, the whole time, it just feels stressful. It's not like... And I love playing Magic, but it's just stressful. Right. It definitely is stressful, especially this one more so than the Atlanta one, because we're flying across the country. So it's more of an investment overall. Definitely. So, like, if you do poorly, it just feels really bad. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to go to San Diego. I'm excited to have a, a weekend with, you know, all you guys. That's going to be nice. And I think it'll be really fun to record uh, the podcast live, too. We just need, um, we need Brandon to bring his 
super cool microphone to the event. True. So he has that big fancy DJ studio mic. mic. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to ask him to bring that. So, um, and be honest with me. Do you genuinely think that there is no chance that you swap over to Green White after seeing its performance this past weekend? I don't know. It Like, the deck seems super good. Like, don't get me wrong. I haven't built just in case, but I just have so many more reps with Mono Red. But maybe we'll do some testing the night before. Maybe something will sway me. I'm going to bring it just in case to my bag. You never know. Anything's possible. No, I respect that. And then speaking of, of prepping, um, how do you feel prep-wise with Mono Red? I assume you feel pretty confident. Yeah, I think I'm pretty good. I think uh, I think with the the mono red matchup, I have a lot of t- uh, games under my belt. I think I have a pretty all right win rate. I think I'm feeling it, feeling good, feeling confident. It's a way to be, man. I'm happy to hear that for sure. You said you have a bunch of reps on uh, Esper, That's right? On it's yeah, it's probably unhealthy. I think I have 140 something games with Esper this past month, but. I mean, that's, that's all I've been doing. It's just get off work, play Magic, hang out with the boys, play League. You know how it Relatable, goes. honestly. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's kind of nice to be back on, on the grind and looking forward to big events like this. Um, I don't know if the qualifications for Dallas are done yet. I didn't get to play in a lot of RCQs just because I've been trying to prepare for the RC. But regardless, I think I'm going to go to Dallas and try to last chance there. Just because it's so close, you know? It's like. Yeah, season three for Dallas has officially ended. It ended the the weekend that we went to Hattiesburg last. Okay. The tournament that I got quite literally scammed out of my invite. Oh, yeah. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. My only two losses on the day were against the same guy, and he was playing scam, and he just did it turn two four games. Yeah. Four or four games. What are you gonna do? Well, yeah, nothing. I mean, just you just sit there and <laughs> get scammed, I guess. Shit happens. It does happen. Move on. It's hard for domain to beat uh domains you to beat Blood Moon anyways, you know. Just the nature of it. But yeah, man. Do you have any yeah. uh any parting words, any other topics you want to talk about before we close out this episode? Uh, what time are you getting to San Diego? Uh, we get there at 5.40-something p.m. Cool. So we'll be able to all grab some dinner beforehand. Oh, before yeah. Before the night's over. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Specifically why I got the flight change. My flight got there at, like, midnight, and I was like, nah, fuck that. I want to get there early. I'm going to go get some food yeah. and play test a little bit and hang out. We land at noon o'clock. Nice. As McCree would say, it's high noon. Or Cassidy, sorry. Yeah. Ain't it anymore. Well, all right, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Also, B-Money would like to apologize for the technical difficulty, guys. He does appreciate you guys, and thank you all for listening. If you have any suggestions or or have any recommendations, please let us know at team underscore metamorph on Twitter. Um... You'll find all our socials there. And if uh, you guys want to, you know, maybe give us your insights and thoughts 
on the standard meta and maybe the San Diego RC, uh, make sure to let us know. Hope you guys have a great night, and we will see you guys in San Diego. Bye, everybody. Adios.